If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast. Right here at VC Productions in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. We got a great show for you today. At the table, as always, is my good friend today wearing the, the branded GOAT wear. Bringing it back. Um, how many jobs you get done this week? I don't know. Tyler Burnett, he doesn't know. We're going to move forward with that. <laughs> to the left, uh, always there with me. He's the calming force to the show. He's the LinkedIn whisperer. Um, he's got a new friend at the table with him, uh, 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 another uh, triathlete, uh, yes. marathoner in the book. So uh, we'll get, we're excited to talk about that. But John Byers, we're so glad you're here today with a shirt that says Believe. We'll talk about that in just a second. I've got to get to our esteemed guest. We've got a good friend of mine. And he's a friend of the show. His name is Jeremy Qualls. And Jeremy uh, is the executive director of uh, CTE and the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Center in right here in Williamson County, <laughs> among so many other things. And I'm a casual, <laughs> I'm a casual observer of people. Bless you. And bless, I noticed, you, I noticed, and I noticed, and so, so thank you for setting the stage for that. I noticed there was a box of Kleenex on your, on your dash. <laughs> when you parked your car. And so I purposely waited, and then I asked Tyler, I said, could you sneeze right before I asked this question, but why do you have a box of Kleenex um, on your dashboard? Well, before I can get before we get to that answer, I, I want to officially say thank you for enjoy, uh, inviting me on this. I was going to be extremely professional, but after that little lapse right there, I, I feel more comfortable. Good. Good. Uh, we honestly, want, we want our guests to feel comfortable. I, I, so I'm, I'm, you did that. I've got like a mom van, right? I'm a dad guy, and yeah. I've got three kids, and it's just like constant snot and snorting all the time. So my wife put that up there for me, and I, hey, I'm just call it like it is. Wear the, the flag proudly. The team approach in the Qualls household, I, I love that. That certainly is part of what it takes to be a GOAT. We're glad you're here today. We've got a great show for you today. We do it like we always do it. We serve it up in a way you can get it, like Waffle House. It's about the stages of life and the stages of career. In our 20s, they teach us to get into the game. 30s, move up. 40s, we try to stay in because those 30-year-olds, Jeremy, are so damn good. In our 50s, we say, what is it that we really want? So maybe today is the day that you will ask yourself, what is it that you really want? And then the last frame comes from my good friend Tyler Burnett, and it's about the GOAT, the greatest of all time. In sports, it's easy to see. It's people that are recognized for their greatness. What they do elevates the play around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy. It gives other people energy, creating new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And without question, Jeremy, with your role and the roles that you've played through education, that's certainly what you've done is you've brought energy to places that have, that have created change and challenge within that. But what you do brings energy Creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. So we're glad you're here with us today, and thank you for being at the show. I'm so happy to be here. You forgot to say Dr. Qualls. It's Dr. Okay. Jeremy Qualls. I mean, half of us here at this table are, is a doctor. That's it, right. It, it's a piece of paper that hangs on the wall, nothing more. That's right. Well, we'll do a Colby we'll, always says it's something much more than that. I don't know. Not <laughs> much more. Different thoughts. But we'll, we'll, well, maybe we'll go back in time and revisit that. About that, that moment in time. 
I do want to say before we get started and dive in today, and we got a lot to talk about today, but but we are happy to partner with Dev Digital, and Dev mm-hmm. Digital is the only Google cloud certified partner in the Southeast region. Region. That's impressive. Yeah, I should have said it a little bit better. In the Southeast region. And then and they're the premier partner of choice for Google in Nashville. I thought you were going to say of the GOAT Consulting Podcast. They are. Well, they are certainly the uh, the podcast of choice, the partner of choice with the happening. GOAT Consulting Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you at this point and let you <laughs> let that side of the table do what they do. And, I just, and Tyler and I over here are going to drink coffee and sneeze and watch. <laughs> Well, thank you for that, and, and bless you, Tyler. Uh, appreciate that we ripped the Band-Aid of vulnerability off. We jumped right into the, the Kleenex box, sneeze. I mean, here we are. This is who we are. There's nothing different about us on or off camera, audio, record. Here we go. I'm going to share a goat to start because I feel like this is the this is a good segue to talk about our, our guest today, and should we call you Dr. Qualls? No, absolutely not. Okay. Dr. Qualls, uh, I am so much to unpack, so excited. And here in just a second, I'm going to ask you to kind of catch us. In fact, maybe we'll do that first. Yeah, I think that's right. To stay in line with our guest framework and how we honor our guests. Take a a few minutes here to catch us up to today. This seat that you're sitting in with your road ID on your Apple Watch. I think that's an Apple Watch. Uh, catch us up to today. How did you get here? And it is, again, just so great to have you on the show. You know, I'm sitting here amongst this greatness, and I'm wondering the same thing. How am I sitting at this table? But You elevated. It's sure. really all about networking. That's, that's what a lot of people, you know, forget, is that the most important lesson I've, I've ever learned from my father is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. It's about the networking relationship piece. And if you never forget that, you, you treat people accordingly, and everything always works out. Uh, enter Colby into the EIC through a mutual friend of ours, and uh, and the rest was history. I mean, it was going to be a 30-minute meeting, and next thing you know, we're bro-hugging it out in the parking lot three hours later. So I, I really, honestly, I, I want to be around motivated people because it makes me want to remain and attempt to be as motivated as possible. Um, and, and that's not a knock on, it's not an arrogant statement. I just, I, I love to be around self-motivated people. I love to be around people that are working extremely hard within their realm, regardless of the, of the situation, uh, because it exudes work ethic, it exudes passion, it exudes all those things that are, that, that I, I like to subscribe to. So when the time comes and it, and it presents itself to partner with them on whatever crazy idea, you're already got that like-minded piece in, in line. I don't have to convince them otherwise. And, and you weren't always the executive director of, of CTE or, or EIC of Williamson County. There are, there are stops there's along, along there. there's yeah. a path to get there. Right. And, and it's a, it's an interesting path that I think helped create and develop your unique perspective and education experience. Give us the highlights of those and, and walk us through those because at some, at some point we'll transition and talk about the stories related to those. So, Excuse me. I got into education um, to be a basketball coach. My father was a, a teacher, principal, superintendent. Was um, and, and that's why I wore this shirt for you today. Actually. There you go. This this is a shirt that says "Believe." It is off of the off of Ted Lasso. Yes. Who was who has been a goat? We've dedicated an entire episode <laughs> to his goatness. Yeah. He was he is a masterful coach. Yeah. As you are. Jeremy, Doctor Doctor Jeremy, Qualls. and I, I want to pause there for a second and, and say the reason that I didn't say anything about that 
is because he's forcing me to look at a national championship Georgia Bulldogs true. glass all day. So that's deserve, just the way for me to get it. back at him. But at, the, at your heart, you are a coach. Yes, I think always it, it comes out in everything that you do, right? You're always a coach, regardless if you're a coach of an adolescent teen or even an adult in, yeah. in the realm that I'm in now, I at least attempt to be and, uh, and try to be. But Did that come as a part of being a college athlete? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, uh, you were giving shout-outs to goats. I don't know if I'm jumping your protocol. Good. One Got of my that. goats is Coach Dave Luce. Dave Luce is the all-time winningest coach oh, yeah, in OBC history yeah. at Austin P. 420 wins. They they uh, gave a banner to him this past Saturday, put it in the rafters forever. Wow. And he did not sacrifice his integrity to get those wins. Yeah. And that's why he is so – will always be the goat of Austin P. And he'll be the goat in the OVC legend because I mean he never gave up his integrity. He he recruited those people that were were good people, and, that, and if he won or lost, so be it. And that's what he stuck by on his principles, and he treated everybody fairly. And he he, he will always be a, a mentor and a friend of mine. Uh, but yes, I think that was instilled upon me by going through that with the combination of him and my father, and and, and doing the things that he did in that educational realm. So I immediately gravitated towards that athletic realm of, of coaching. That's why I got into education. And um, uh, uh, the, the, I think the Lord was trying to tell me otherwise uh, w- in my first stop of coaching in those first four or five years that maybe that's not the reason I sent you to coaching. It was the reason to find your wife. And that was my first stop was at Marshall County High School in Lewisburg, which is down 65 South. And uh, I, I thought I was going to be the next Rick Patino. At that time, Rick Patino was a good thing to say, right? <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I thought that. Let's thank God you're not. Every time I walked out of that locker room, our group had a chance to win because of me. Mm. You know what that led to that first year? Five and 21. Wow. <laughs> you know what that followed up the next year? Six and 20. We're making improvement. Yeah. 1%. So, I, 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 you know, I started going down this pathway of the kids were commodities, mm. I knew more than them. Uh, we're not winning because of them, right? And it literally took me an opportunity of you're just, you know, there's two types of coaches, those that have been fired and those that are going to be. So I made a a decision about year five there. I was like, okay, I'm on the pathway that I I, I shouldn't, I probably already should have been fired two years ago, and this is going to be it for me, that I need to make a change. So then I made a change. I packed up everything me and my wife had in a U-Haul. We moved west to Lexington, Tennessee, to Lexington High School and um, didn't deserve the job, but I got the job. And uh, I started that process when I pulled up. i never forget the first time I pulled up for practice. There was kids waiting at the door for me to let them in. And I knew immediately, I was like, I'm in something special here. I've changed. I went from beating on the doors, getting kids in the back of my truck to drag them to practice, to now they're waiting on me. So I'm immediately going to win, hmm. right? So I'm, I'm, you know. So I'm making a change. I've been humbled, right? I go into year one, and I forgot why I was at Lexington. I forgot. I, I fell right back into the trap of I've got these new group of athletes. They're, they're gym rats. I ought to win right off the bat because I'm smarter and I'm better. Mm-hmm. Well, it produced the same results. And you know what they say if you do the same thing over and over and get the same results? It's insanity. Exactly. Enter my man Nick. Nick was a, was a junior on the team. Was a little bit, uh, wasn't, wasn't the most athletic kid on the team, but had the highest IQ of any kid I've ever coached. Knew everybody's position. Uh, was a kind of a troubled, uh, negative kind of a person. Had to kind of 
handle him with delicate gloves. One day he loses it. I was on him on purpose. He takes his jersey and throws it at me and says a few choice words and walks out. And I'm thinking, thank goodness, we're all, we're we're off the hook. I'm thinking that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, thank goodness, a kid left my team. Now you think mm-hmm. how crazy that is at this moment in time, and I'm mature enough now to realize that was just it was malpractice on my behalf. Yeah. So the kid's out. We have the best practice that we've had up in the point. Everybody's kind of it's loosened up a little bit, feels better about things. And then I get a call from the guy that's counselor the next morning. Hey, come up here. Nick's up here. And I was like, I'm not going to listen to any kind of situation that's going to take him back on the team. She's like, you need to come up here and listen. So I get up there. Nick's kind of crying. He's like, yeah, Coach, I just want you to know something. He said, you never asked anything about my home life. You never once acted like you cared. And I just want you to know why I am like I am. I said, tell me. He's like, when you go out the back door of the gym, it's 100 yards. That's where the football field is. And past that is government housing. He said, I live over there. I walk to school every day. I've played several sports my whole high school career. My father has never come to a ball game. He's an alcoholic. Who knows where my mom is? I don't even know if I'm going to eat that night. Now, I'm not telling you this to be back on the team. I just want you to know where I'm coming from. Now, you want to talk about a punch in the gut. That moment right there in my entire career set the stage for my mindset at this point. <clears throat> I said, you know what? You're right. I'll tell you what I'll do. You come back. You play another sport in the spring. We're going to wipe the slate clean. I want to make sure you got the right attitude. It holds my feet to the fire. It holds your feet to the fire. Make sure you're a good teammate with other folks. We'll start this over again. He goes out. He runs track. Once again, let me remind you all, he's not the best athlete. He plays football in the spring. He had none his whole career. Football coach says he's the absolute best scouting quarterback we've ever had, and he's a team leader, and he doesn't even get to play. Yeah. Comes back and plays basketball. We're going through practice. We start falling into this. I've changed the way I've done practice. I've changed everything, everything. As a small example, I bought each kid. It's my wife. I can't take the credit. My wife said, let's buy these kids ties, and let's teach them how to tie a tie. They didn't have khakis. We bought them khakis, got them ties, made them go buy cookies and do Christmas carols in nursing homes. Just start teaching these kids. Act like they're your own. We invite them to our house. My wife would cook. You started seeing a difference. Mm. So, anyway, we get to uh, one of the last games of the year. We're playing Jackson Southside. If you know anything about Jackson Southside or Liberty Tech, those, those two teams ran about five state championships off between those two and Bolivar, Wayne, uh, Chisholm, Willie Kemp. I don't know if you've heard those names played at UT. Mm-hmm. Those guys were coming through there. Lexington hadn't beaten Southside in over eight years. And uh, ball goes out of bounds under our goal. Point three left. If you know the rule, point three's got to be a tip. You, yep, tip. You can't catch and shoot. So I call timeout. I'm going out with my assistant coach, and we're talking, okay, we got to run this play. Obviously, and he goes, who's going to throw it? And he said, hang on one second. I look over my shoulder. Nick is checking into the game. He goes over. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to try to make it through this. I'm getting chills already. <laughs> he goes over. He's got the whiteboard, and he's coaching them up. I looked at my coach. I said, Terry, what do you think? He's like, I think you need to shut up and let this happen. Mm. I said, I agree. So I walk in. I said, hey, man, we're going to – he goes, Coach, you've got us prepared. We're going to run triangle. I said, you've got to – he said, sell the fake. I was like, who's going to throw the pass? He said, ain't nobody but me can throw this pass. I said, let's get it up. Referee hands the ball. He sells the fake. The kid jumps. He throws the lob. 
kid catches it, buckets, game over, we win. Everybody goes, storms the floor for the guy that hit the bucket. I go straight to Nick. He's coming straight to me. We're both crying like babies. Jeez. And I said, dude, he's like, you changed my life. I was like, no, you changed mine. Wow. That kid has stayed multiple, many nights in my house, even after I left. He's gone to my kid's junior pro games. He's the first gen out of his family to get associate's degree. He's now full-time recruiting with the National Guard and married. It was one of my proudest moments as a coach was just to go to the wedding. So we're talking about a situation where I think I was the catalyst the whole time, and I wasn't. Yeah. It was the kids. I didn't allow myself to be so. Mm. So, um, Well, I, you're I, listening to the GOAT Consulting Podcast. That'd be it for today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm just getting started. Let me take another I, sip of coffee. I'm not I, done yet. I think I think that that's probably as much as my heart can handle. I know. It's a Good. powerful story. And, and, it, and it's a lesson that, that I think we need to be reminded of. And I think it's a lesson that probably at some point in all of our careers, a 30-year-old, a 30-year teacher that has now gotten to a place in their life where they're going through the motions and and doesn't see a way out. A, a person that's been working for 15 years that says, hey, this is all I can do. And, it, and it's that one, we talk about defining moments. In, that's what I wrote down. Yeah, in, in other episodes. And, and certainly that set the trajectory for the rest of your career or the rest of your career up to this point. Well, you've got, you've got two defining moments that I picked out. You may identify even more through that one snippet of a story with Nick but but obviously that moment in the counselor's office when he shares his story and then you had the other moment where your I think it was your assistant coach that said you just need to shut up and let this happen yeah uh I mean my the whole time I'm just uh I'm thinking this from the moment that you were in that counselor's office the the amount of uncomfortable feelings that had to be coming up in you there and one thing I've learned recently about uncomfortable feelings that they're really signposts and rather than stiff arm arm them if we let them they can lead us in the direction of our values and I feel like I don't want to make this up about your story but I feel like if it were me in that leaning into those uncomfortable feelings letting them guide the path learning from it and and that to me was really meaningful well it's, it's failing forward Right? I mean, I'm a fighter. I, I mean, I'm a burn victim. I'm not even supposed to be here. At four years old, I was burnt, right? And I'm not asking for empathy or sympathy. I've had to fight my whole life, and I all of a sudden forgot and got entitled and arrogant. Ignorance and, er, ignorance and arrogance are the worst combination you can possibly have, and I had them both, right? I had both of those traits. I went into that as a sense of entitlement, like I finally arrived, and it took a teenager to tell me, You've lost your way, and you've lost your way because you're not treating people appropriately, which I had made my living on prior to getting that job, right? So I was, you know, I, I'm like, I'm Nick. I'm a fighter. Now, I had both my parents. I had a great setting, but I had to fight, right? I had to fight the perception of my father was an educator. My father was superintendent. My father was commissioner of education when Ned Ray McWhorter was governor. I've always gotten what I've, you know, because of him, and you're going to play basketball at the high school because your dad's superintendent, right? And then I had a counselor say, you're not going to play, go to college. Right. You're not going to college, much less play basketball. Well, that motivated me. Sure. Right? Now, she didn't say that to motivate me. She said that because she was being for real. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it because tell me I can't. Tell me I can't. You know what I mean? Tell me I can't. 
It reminds me of that quote. You, I think maybe Bert said this. I can't remember. Uh, it's it's what we it's what we learn after we know it all that really counts. Oh yeah, yeah. It reminded me of when you said it Bert was Thornton. it was that it was that moment that you realized you know that that you needed a, a teenager to to help it, you realize you didn't know it all, and that's okay because you are learning something okay. that's more meaningful. And when you shut off learning opportunities such as that, and even if you don't recognize it at that moment. It will, it, it, it just, it, you'll pay it forward at some point in time, right? You'll think, okay, that was a defining moment that at that point in time, I thought it was pretty special, but I look about it on it every day, like right now, as I reflect upon this, and I, I come to tears and I get tear bump, uh, chill bumps every single time I tell that story because mm. he's a change agent in my life. It's as powerful as anyone I've ever had. And the takeaway for the audience is connection, right? The, the most basic need of people is to connect and feel connected. He said to you, you've never asked me anything about my life. Mm. That's correct, because he was a commodity to me at that point. Well, here's what you said. You he said, was the ends of the means for me to get where I needed to go, not where he needed to go. So it made me think, you see oftentimes, or I see oftentimes, this, how it started, how it's going, which maybe that's worth saying at the end of, of this episode. But how it started, kids are commodities. I know more than them. I'm better than mm. them. And then you had this defining moment, and, and maybe we'll catch up at the very end of this. But to me, the takeaway was how I interact with my own kids. Because I think, and I say this with, some, with plenty of shame and moments that you had up to that point, but I say this in a way that, that I'm not proud of, but like, I think, like I've got a 16-year-old now, and I'm just realizing, and as I'm in the middle of these like, uh, counselor office moments with all my kids, where like, they're real humans. Yeah, And I'm having conversations that are connected and meaningful when I think up to their life, like I've just kind of seen them as not kids, like not humans, like kids, right? Like that, like they're two separate things or something. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying this proudly, but I'm saying is I kind of view this now very probably somewhat similar to that's my takeaway from your story. Like these are real humans and people that have stories of their own and part of that I've messed up and, and, and leaned into and, you know, there's meaning to those. Yeah, I, I reflect about what you, what you're saying and, and try to apply that to like the Nick scenario and even my my son. Last night we take the the first ever high school uh, going up and looking at the, oh, yeah. the rising freshman. Yeah, night. you've got I'm an like, eighth how, grader. How, yeah. How's this even possible, right? Right. And then I all of a sudden have to separate myself and my professional side to saying, okay, I got to be a dad. Mm. I got to be a dad to him. He's like really nervous and he's thinking he's trying to make you know, uh, making choices based on my said, son, you can't make a wrong choice. You're going to be fine either way you go. So you make something that you feel comfortable with and let's do it. We'll be fine with it. And, and it goes back to the Nick moment, right? I mean, put my son in, in Nick's shoes. You know, you're just my son. You're a commodity, whatever. Get in here. I'm going to put, you know, y- you have to make sure I try. I tried to apply that to every <coughs> scenario. I have a Nick check every now and then, Right. I checked that. It, oh, sure. Hey, I'm trying to get this teacher to do something. Have I inquired about their life? Do I even know anything about their personal life? Do they think I care about them, or am I just another pusher? Yeah. I, I mean, there's nothing more I hate in this business than, than a, a, a button pusher. Right? Well, it sounds to me like the biggest thing I hear is boss versus leader. You know, and uh, a boss can tell you what to do. Hey, you go run this play, or hey, you do this. And a leader is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prepare you. And I'm going to empower you so that when the time comes, you can go. You said the key word is empowering. And in my profession, what, the GOAT guy that I've ever worked with, 
went in and said, hey, hey, boss, I want to do this, this, and this. He said, why are you asking? I didn't know what to answer. I said, what do you mean? He's like, I hired you to do a job. Go, go do, do it. it. Yeah. And that makes you want to go lay out in the road for that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's the it's, hardest thing to do in business and coaching or whatever, it, the empowering people. Like, you think that I'm the man. I'm, I'm going to make the decisions. But, you know, one can only go so far versus if you have, you know, on a basketball team five or – 11 or whatever sport or whatever team business how many ever people under you selling like if you don't empower your people and train them and put them in the best positions to win then you're never going to win and having the grace and the empathy to let them mess it up i think that's where i go off track so often where i where i like want to want to help control the outcome right in For some sure. way and that's where i've learned you know so much in my life in those moments of failure so you talked about a goat. Would love for you to – one of the ways that we honor our guests, Jeremy, is, is we ask them to give us their definition of a goat. So would love to hear yours. I feel like we just kind of danced all around that. We right? did. In the professional realm, a goat to me is no doubt is having enough, let's see, self-confidence and self-pride to empower others. You don't have to be ego-driven, right? To me, that is, that is a, a true definition of goat in every sense of the word. Our profession does not necessarily lend that. It's it's a little bit siloed sometimes, and we tend to get power hungry. And we forget the staffs that we're around. If you empower your staff and have enough confidence to allow that to happen, that everybody shares the glory, you'll be ten times more successful. Having enough self confidence to empower others yeah. because because sometimes when you delegate, the perception could be he doesn't know what he's doing or he mm. doesn't. But no, it's not about that. I trust my team so much that I allow them to flourish alongside. Mm. So you shared a goat earlier. You said one of my goats. So does that mean you have multiple goats? I've got multiple, yes. Uh, um, My father will always be a goat to me. Um, The the older I get, the the wiser he is, right? And um, I had an opportunity to go when he was doing lobbying post-career as a consultant, um, post his professional career. And, um, you know, he had always told me these stories, not out of arrogance, but of, of... integrity issues and how he held tight to his integrity and the lobbying profession, which could be somewhat shady. (laughs) And I'm, you know, I didn't know a ton about that business really, but when I go up onto Capitol Hill with him and I see how those people talk to him, those legislators, there is definitely a sense of what you get with Wayne Qualls is what you're going to get. There is no, and um, I don't know that I'd ever say this to his face. I hope he never hears this because I'd never give him the satisfaction. But <laughs> he is definitely um, – he's a goat, man. That mm. guy, he's special. And I, he's special to me. And he's special to a lot of people. But he really is he, – he really is is, is, is uh, just tons of stories, tons of self-deprecating stories of, hey, let me just tell you I failed at this and don't want you to fall in that pitfall. But it wouldn't hurt you if you did because <laughs> every now and then you need to be humbled, son. Yeah. You know, he has an old saying, now we're country folk, that, you know, you get di- knocked down in the mud with the pigs, that doesn't mean you got to roll around with them. That's right. So, you know, he used to say stuff like all the time. So, what is he talking about? <laughs> then I'm sitting here now as a grown man with my children. Wow. And I'm driving, you know, two hours around a day in my, my, my trip every day, and I'm sitting there thinking, makes sense, mm-hmm. as I'm trying to teach my son. Reminds me of Coach Pete. Yeah. So I'll bring it back. Another good. <laughs> so him and, right. and, and Coach Luce, which I mentioned earlier, both because of integrity issues. That's that's those are my two goats. Okay. All right. I'm gonna share a goat um before Colby cuts us off here. Um but and here's what I, I think we're 
may be titling this episode America's Got Talent just because of what the work that you do, which uh, if you'll stick around with us, you'll hear more about that, and we're, yeah. we're excited. But because of the name of that, the, the my first thought, and there's so many comparisons to the work that you do and America's Got Talent that was created by Simon Cowell. Yeah, which and is I thought, ironic. He is... He is the goat of identifying talent, mm. which is what you do. And so I, I garnered three comparisons, which, by the way, and I think, I mean, Simon Cowell does it within three minutes, right? Yeah. Within three minutes, he's identifying goats, and it started years and years and years back, even before 2002 American Idol, which now we're on season like 57. I don't even know how that happens. Scary. but So three things that, that remind me of Simon Cowell when I look at – Dr. Jeremy Qualls. Number one, oh my. They are they are incredible at identifying talent. Number two, they've created a platform that enables kids to identify their own talent. And number three, they're both worth more than six hundred million dollars. <laughs> so those are the three, I don't I've been compared things. to a lot of things, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> That's not one of our. Well, you're, you you're now going to get some extra requests to your Facebook and LinkedIn account now. Well, I think John speaks the truth, and uh, and with the, there's no doubt that the first time that I met you that that I saw someone. There's very few people on this planet that know how to pull it out of other people, and can serve it up in a way that people can get it and really create change, and so. Uh, we're going to set the stage. We hope that you'll stay with us um, in this next episode, part two, with part two. Doc, Dr. Jeremy Qualls and and America's Got Talent. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about how he used the Mountain Dew Extreme Team, oh, which is one of the top performers, and this and America's Got Talent, and this aha moment that he had about coaching and connection, if you'll stay with us. For Tyler, who's on his phone, I'm Colby Jubinville, and that's John Byers, and this is Jeremy Qualls, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Oh.